0: Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. My name's Chris Sutton, and I'm excited, because today I'm joined in studio by Helen Danat. Danat Danat. Nobody knows. Um, Helen is a graduate in social policy and has a master's in social research, sometimes known as research, depending if you're American. <coughs> so, um, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming into the studio beautiful i think you'll agree think it's very nice um so helen's presented a peer-to-peer support group in the organization we both work at um, around one of my favorite like well-being or self-help books feel the fear and do it anyway and we're here to talk about that so in the first instance what's fear
1: okay so i think when we think about fear in the context that we might think about it now we tend to think if it is being really negative it's something we don't really particularly want to fear. Yeah. But what we have to remember is fear is one is an essential emotion. And for our ancestors fear I'm talking many many years ago fear was really important because it warned you that something wasn't right.
0: Yeah. And it
1: made you it made you act fast if you were in danger. So that's what fear is. Fear is actually really good because it warns you that something might need to be done.
0: Okay.
1: But for us now, when we don't really face those same um, dangers and risks of what um, humans might have done years and years and years ago, we do tend to think it would be more negative now, because we still sort of have these same feelings, like our brains are still programmed to, to act in the same way, mm-hmm. um, if we perceive something to be a risk to us, Yeah. but they're not really the same risks as what they used to be, so we don't necessarily worry, um, fear being chased by a tiger or yeah. <laughs> running away from fire. Yeah. But there's still a lot of things that happen in the modern day that trigger those same feelings in us, those same emotions. So we still react in that same way. So we do still feel that same fear. Yeah. Um, but it's not so probably not as rational.
0: So how does someone recognise if they're experiencing fear? Like, what kind of, what is the feeling? What are the sensations that you're going through?
1: So physically, I think you can feel quite alert but at the same time can sometimes freeze. So yeah. you can feel quite like tense and your muscles can tense up. You get a churning feeling in your stomach. Yeah. Um, you might feel your, your mouth's quite dry. And it, there's, there's some science behind that. Um, I'm not a scientist, but I think like, your blood goes to the places that it thinks it needs it to be able to ra- react in that situation. Okay. So our body is literally preparing us to be able to focus on that thing that we've perceived as a risk. So I think that's where
0: the physical emotions so come from. Okay, so that right, I get it. So it's like, um, so with, in terms of the physiological, the like the physical bit of it. So it's like it puts you in a state, so you're ready to ru- you're ready to run. Yeah, you're basically. ready to get away, or you're ready to fight. So there's this whole kind of fight or flight yeah. thing. Um, okay, so so essentially, I think most people out there know what what fear is. Yeah. and I you know I've written a couple of things around. It's when you're worried, it's when you're um anxious about something, it's when you're not feeling comfortable about something. Um and I and the the worry bit for me is I always think of fear or fear by my definition of how like relevant to my life is like um a lot of it's fear of the unknown. Yeah. You know, I mind read. I think, well he's gonna say that or she's gonna say that, or if I don't do that then this is gonna happen. So I fear something that hasn't even happened yet yeah. but, but that's but that's what I that's how I associate fear and i think in terms of like a mental health thing I, my suggestion is a lot of people have a similar kind of feeling to that
1: yeah well obviously anxiety is closely linked with fear mm. and the mental health foundation actually describe anxiety as a persistent fear and it is usually a fear oh. of something m- that's more in the future or that won't necessarily happen yeah. whereas fear tends to be used to how we react to something more and like that's literally about to happen our instinct yeah to something that's close
0: it's interesting because i do think it's interesting like in terms of the definition or so that people know what we're talking about because fear might be it's almost like fear be the word fear is like being scared yeah you know whereas actually I'm not necessarily scared. I'm not physically threatened by something. So I'm not scared, but I am fearful. So, But I think, you know, in terms of why we're talking about this is because for me, the book Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Dr. Susan Jeffers. uh, Oh, hang on, was she a doctor? Anyway, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, It really helped me and some of the tips and techniques within that. So we're going to get to that. But, you know, in theory she may have it, it's a it's a snappy title you know so actually but for fear you can read anxiety you can read worry you yeah. can read that that um sense of unease uh, so that's kind of what we're talking about so so if we if we like move on to um the book what um what do you want to talk about within the book
1: so i think it's important to say at first with this book as we've just been talking about the difference with. Between fear and what we might think is anxiety and like the medical definitions. With this book, I don't think, maybe because it was um, written in the 80s, mm. um, so not it's not completely um, modern. It's not old.
0: <laughs> um, You're looking at me, sorry. Right, just so that people know, how, how old are you? 24. 24. I'm 42. And because of the relationship we have in a working environment, this happens all the plumbing <laughs> time with me when I have Nicola on. And look at me with some kind of pity that I was around <laughs> in the 80s. I just
1: need to be careful hey, about I'm saying the book's old, it's not old. Anyway. <laughs> what I was going to say is the reason I think this book will appeal to so many people is because it doesn't really tend to talk about med- like mental health in a medical way mm-hmm. and that we might do in more modern books. Yeah. It's really I do think the concepts are quite s- simple, but in, in turn like it's more applicable to probably more people mm. who don't particularly identify with having any mental health problems yeah. but just want to overcome a fear and I do really like mm. the way it's put across in the book like that because yeah. perhaps somebody who might think oh I'm not really interested in reading those books about mental health about anxiety yeah that. that's fine um, it doesn't really portray like that and it is a bit more simple yeah and I do think that's what's really struck like really good about it and there's lots of practical ways that everybody can do to yeah. just sort of like deal with their fear day to day
0: i think you've explained that really well because i that that i agree with that i think it's very easy to understand there's a few little bits i'm sure there'll be a couple of bits one of the five truths about fear one of them is like uh, yeah (laughs) it takes you if they even says in the book read this twice or something (laughs) like um because you you know so there are a couple of complicated bits but but essentially it's pretty easy to read i mean like i'm looking at the front cover over two million copies sold worldwide that's you know probably because it's easy to digest and actually there are specific tips and hints that people can try Um, and also some of them are just ways of reframing the way you're already looking at stuff and this has become a kind of real buzz sentence for me so I can only apologise to regular listeners that I'm talking about framing again but like yeah it it really helped me reframe some of the stuff I was already doing Mm -hmm. and actually that I found that really helpful so um, so what do you want to pick up on a specific out of the book to start with?
1: I think it's important to talk about how, um, in the book, our fears are unpicked with levels, if mm-hmm. I can just talk through yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. the way it's described is our level one fears are the fears on the surface, so the fears that we might recognise we have and talk about. So, for example, I might fear getting old, or I might fear applying for a new job. Those are the fears that I can say I fear because they're quite easy for me to identify. Mm-hmm but if you start to unpick that the level two fears underneath that are more about like your inner state of mind Mm -hmm. so why am i fearing getting old why am i fearing going for this new job that's because i'm fearing failure if i'm going for this new job i'm feeling not getting the job and failing Mm -hmm. so underneath that is actually the feeling of failure so the worry of failure so that's what i'm fearing there on my level two fears okay yeah but when you un- unpick that unpick that further and this really is the whole idea of the book is this level three fear which is one fear which underlies all our level one and two fears which is the fear that I can't handle it mm-hmm. so it's very simply put in the book yeah. we all ultimately fear one thing I can't handle it so out of all those level one fears all those level two fears whatever it is in your life that you particularly fear ultimately you're fearing that you can't handle something happening
0: yeah I like that I like yeah <coughs> it well again I I think that the um, it's kind of the purpose of this whole podcast it's kind of the purpose of the whole thing really is to get is is to give people the opportunity to realize that a little bit of self-reflection may enable them to make a couple of tweaks and changes here or there that can make a difference to their lives so some people won't ever have thought about that concept you know you think yeah well I fear going to the dentist and you think but but actually you never go beyond yeah why am I fearing going to the dentist actually I fear going to the dentist so me personally I don't like going to the dentist the fear around that is one it's gonna hurt two and and I I might make but again I can't handle it because I'm gonna make a fool of myself (laughs) by acting like a real wimp in the chair like um two it's gonna be expensive and three my ultimate fear I'm gonna get told off are you eating lots of sweets, (laughs) Mr... I'm 42! (laughs) the doctor's saying, you know, the dentist is still saying to me, the same as the dentist when I was, like, eight years old, I think you're eating too much sugar. And and I'm like, oh, God, I've I've been told off again. I hate that feeling. But even that, I could investigate that. Well, why do I fear that so much? What's what's that all about? And I love that ability to be able to question, Okay, so boiling it down into this um, I can't handle it is really kind of, yeah, you know... I'm not sure it necessarily works in every situation, no. but it works in, the ma- in a yeah. massive majority of them. I've got to tell you one thing, because it's come into my head, I have to say it. Okay. I grew up in South Wales, and always remember being really freaked out in one of the first weeks I was living there as an eight-year-old, I moved there from Germany to South Wales, dad was in the RAF, and sat down in the dentist chair, and the dentist said, "All right, I flower flowerpot? Open wide? <laughs> no one's ever before or since called me flower pot. But... Maybe I'll try and bring it back That's a nickname, uh, what do you think? Probably not. Okay, fair enough. Um, Move on.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) if we manage to unpick all our fears and recognise them as this one fear, that's I can't handle it. And when I read that, I thought, well, this is a nice way to think about it because it's more manageable to deal with that one fear. One thing, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so then what's discussed in the book is how we can just change our mindset from thinking I can't handle it. To I can handle anything that comes my way.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: you master that, thinking that you can handle anything, then all those other level one and two fears, y- you can't possibly fear them because you can handle anything. Yeah. So they're not gonna be. You're not gonna fear them anymore. So all the exercises in this book are really around how we can change our mindset from "I can't handle it" to "I can handle anything."
0: And so, like as an example of that, I, I think um, so the way the way i look at the i can handle situation is looking at past experiences so you know yeah. you've got to where you are today and you're still you're still alive you're still breathing you're still going so actually you've got through everything so the kind of you're the, you know you are your own evidence you are your own yeah, proof definitely. that you can handle it now, even if I can handle it meant I had a massive breakdown and was crying and I was in tears mm. because this happened in the supermarket, you know, she didn't, I didn't have the right change or yeah, whatever, really. the, whatever little thing it is that's happened that's, that's tipped you over the edge at that, on that occasion, you still got through it, yeah, walked exactly. away from it, dealt with it, got home, went to bed that night. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's kind of no escaping that you can handle it. Definitely. So there is, there is kind of evidence there. Um, are there any examples that you wanted to give, or did you want to bri- move on to one of the actual hints and tips?
1: Yeah, we could. If we want to talk about, I think what you've just said kind of links to the um, no lose model. If you want to talk a bit yeah, about okay, that, yeah, okay, yeah. So I think this is a really good part of the book because, I'd, like I've like I've said about the book before, it's really practical and it's something that we can apply to day to day life. This this model that I'm about to talk about. So. What we tend to do when we're faced with a decision is use a no-win model, so we kind of tend to think about all the negatives that could come out of each, and mm. we really worry about how bad the outcome is going to be if we make the wrong decision, yeah. so already we're very fixed on outcomes, mm-hmm. and we're so, so careful to make the right decision so that we avoid that terrible outcome, so it takes us a long time to make that decision, and, and it's bur- it might be burdening you, and you're thinking about it for a long time. Yeah. Um, but what's put forward in the book is that we should change that to a no-lose model so instead when you're faced with a um, a choice to make what you should think about is all the good things that could happen in the process so instead of being fixed on what outcome is going to happen if I take this certain path what am I going to learn along the way mm. it's going to be a brand new learning experience I'm going to be taking new risks so I'm going to becoming more powerful yeah and you're going to be expanding your comfort zone. Yeah. So all <coughs> these things should be recognised as positives, therefore you've made the right decision anyway. So the point is, remove that right-wrong dis- outcome. It yeah. doesn't matter. Because if you're learning along the way, even if that learning is just, well, I won't make that decision again, yes. you're still learning, you still know, so you're more knowledgeable than before, and it doesn't matter then what that actual outcome is. It's always going to be right.
0: There's, uh, I like that. There's, there's something there around the... Um Right I think the the reality of it, the reality of putting that into practice, is that sometimes you can reflect on a decision you've made and think you've made the wrong one,
1: yeah,
0: but what you're saying there, my understanding of that, is that you haven't made the wrong decision, you've made a decision, and now you um as I've heard like um fighters say, um you don't win and lose, you win and learn yeah, so like yeah, if that's you lose really a fight or you lose a football match or you lose you know no we're not going to lose that's not that we lost it's just yes you officially lost it yeah. on the record or whatever but in terms of moving forward you're going to learn from it because as pretty much everyone who's ever succeeded or been highly successful entrepreneurs or whoever in the world they all say you learn way more from your mistakes than your you know yeah but the other way of framing that is there are no mistakes it's just learning yeah exactly <clears throat> but what i would say just to kind of depart from the book just for one second, I'd love to get your take on this is that I think sometimes people who are struggling with depression or anxiety they um they ruminate on those things that have gone wrong, yeah, so rather than learning, I'm going to talk about reframing again in a minute. brace <laughs> yourselves everyone um but it but that that's where there's a departure from what the book and from what Susan Jeffers would say is think of it as no lose. Um, you're just learning e- in either way, and sometimes you learn and you get the outcome you originally thought you might get, yeah. and other times you learn something, and maybe you have to rechart your course to get back to that yeah. outcome. But where there's a kind of slight departure is it's quite easy for people, you know, from personal experience, to go, God, I got that wrong. You know, that went horribly wrong. Mm. Um, and then you really think about that over and over again. Does that ever happen to you or people? Yeah, you know definitely.
1: And yeah, de- it, it definitely does. And what I think is, when you are feeling in the, those lowest moments where you're really reflecting and you're feeling down, the last thing you want to hear is someone going, can't you attach a positive to that? No. It's not It's not realistic. You're not always going to feel like that. But it is about those like little tiny steps. Yeah. And if you can reflect on something, even if it's not immediately, one day, you mm. are probably going to look back and say, well, if I'm, like you said, if I've not been through that, yeah, then... I wouldn't have learned this or now I've been through that I'm less fearful of going through this other awful thing that might happen because I've come out of it all right like you said so I don't think it's about literally writing down a list and saying all right that seems terrible but how can I turn it into a positive I don't think it's as black and white as that I think it is just about trying to change your mindset and and thinking that maybe one day I'll look back at this and realize it wasn't so bad or recognize the things that came from it. But yeah, it's not you don't have to force yourself to try and turn every negative into a positive.
0: And I think like you said, even if you even if the learning you do from it is that I'm not going to do that yeah. again. Then <laughs> you know, know whatever it is. It's like should I have that 17th flaming sambuca? Actually, maybe I'll stop at 16 next time yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I never do that. But like, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You kind of you, you have that you have that element of I'm not going to do that again, which yeah. you wouldn't have known previously. To, to stop at a certain point stupid example but you know what I mean um so so yeah and uh, the other thing is and I have mentioned this on the show before but like there is this kind of um in fact is it in the book where it says oops all over yeah all over yeah, the yeah. so it's there's a a, line. so there's so there's like a line to there's you and then your outcome and then there's like um, instead of it being a straight line she's drawn this kind of you know it comes you deviate away from yeah. the line and it kind of goes oops and then you kind of come back to it and oops but you know, it might it, whatever the whatever the outcome might be. Um, I don't know. Like, let's just talk. Like, this is very um, current for me at the moment. I've been trying to work out how to get this podcast onto iTunes yeah. for blooming ages. Like, and and it's my own. Well, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to be negative about myself, but um, it's my own kind of sheer incompetence that I've not been able to work it out or be able to do it to the point where I've recorded 30 episodes before I've actually managed really? to get it onto iTunes. <laughs> but it's finally on there. Whereas, well, now when I look back, you know, I don't... I, that was in itself a journey. Mm. Um, you know, when I've done other things, I've released it on Twitter, so people have still been able to listen to it. Um, but my outcome, yeah, I've just done lo- gone over loads of different bumps and oops moments, mm. but I've finally got there. And now I know how to do it, and I know what to do, what not to do. But I think that when you... Um, not that that's overcoming a fear necessarily but I was fearful I wouldn't actually succeed in doing that yeah. it's spend that ref- time of reflection to look back at it and say okay well done yeah. you know, give yourself the pat on the back for things you've done well yeah. people often forget to do that
1: and also I think it's important to say that it's not a flaw that we tend to focus on the cons or are quite negative because to make excuses for ourselves a little bit here I think it's programmed in us in all our lives to sort of make a list of pl- pros and cons that's mm. the way we do think about things yeah. and it's what somebody pointed out when i did the peer to peer um session when we were having a discussion after about the book and somebody said what we should do is, instead of pros and cons, make pros and pro-cons. And I really like that, because it's like, what about that con is good, yeah. though? What have I learned? Mm. And and that's and I, I did like just that. think, yeah, pros and cons, that's something that just seems so normal that we all do to help us make decisions. Maybe that's the wrong way of, of looking yeah. at it. So that's, but that's just something you would never think to no, challenge. No. But, yeah, why pros and cons? Why have I got to think of the cons?
0: Yeah, and that's right. You're, you're, you're actually looking for... Consequences, so you're looking for negativity. Yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to find what
1: could go wrong.
0: Yeah, and, and as you, I think so that no lose, no lose model. You know, it's kind of, it is a good way of framing things. And I know the exercise you did during the session was actually, you know, so people out there could do it. Now, do you want to explain what that was?
1: Yeah, so that was just like kind of putting what we've just said into practice by, literally getting a piece of paper. Writing down a decision you might be facing at the minute, and a, it can be big or small. It literally can be like what you're going to have for lunch, but you write down what we'd normally do in the no-win model, and put oh, what could go wrong with this side? What could go wrong with this side? Sort of a pros and cons, but looking for all the all the risks and negatives that could come out of each way. Because hmm. what what we're ultimately doing there is going well, which one's less bad. Yeah. That's not a very nice way of looking at not it. Really, no. But if you turn over the piece of paper and write the same. Um, a decision that you're facing at the top and try the no-lose model where we do the same two paths but instead of focusing on what could go wrong write down all the positives all the learning experiences all the new risks all the way you've expanded your comfort zone by doing that and instead you've got two lists of really positive nice things that you can then choose from so i just think that's a really nice exercise it might not always be practical but it's just a nice way of like you say framing reframing and thinking what are the good things that could happen here and it's much less daunting to look at a list of two positive things yeah, yeah. rather than the two negatives
0: i think yeah i mean and the, the thing around that is just that it gives people you explaining that to people it gives people the opportunity to you know do that now pause the podcast you have a give it a go you know or wait until the end of the podcast and then actually try it and see if it makes a difference because actually a lot of people that listen to this um, are struggling with anxiety to some degree, and in, because in reality, I think most of us are. Yeah, you know, to, to varying degrees, and this is just a you know it is a, it is a tool that you can use to actually challenge that if that that discomfort and that anxiety that you're feeling. So whatever it is that you're feeling anxious about, let's have a, let's have a look at it and um, and see if see if actually it's something you need to be feeling, or see yeah. if you can change. The, the fact that you feel you need to feel like that. Can we get to um, talking about the I can handle it then? Yeah. So um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on how you can get to that?
1: Well, easy way might be to start talking about the five truths of fear. Okay. Because um, they sort of talk, the five truths of fear, um, which are in the book, Sort of talk you through your fear, and I think they're a good way of helping you to understand why your fear is happening, yeah. and then also what you can kind of do to deal with it.
0: So we've got eight minutes left. We're gonna—I know, yeah. Helen's looking at me, going, "What? <laughs> Where's that time gone?" Um, but we're gonna do another. We're gonna record another episode. So we'll, we, you know, we'll we'll do this okay. in two parts. I think if that's all right with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, what's the first truth about fear?
1: Okay, so the first uh, one is, is a bit Auntie of a Susan. revelation. <laughs> it is. The fear will never go away so long as you continue to grow. What? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Hate that.
1: So the fear's never oh, going to go dude. away, ultimately. So. But in a way, that is good because it means you haven't got to worry about how what does to get it mean? rid of the fear. What does it mean? That's ridiculous.
0: I remember, I'm, I'm, I'm messing around. But <laughs> I remember reading that for the first time and going, what? I've just wasted six quid or whatever buying this book the whole bloody point of buying this book was that the fear went away, and <coughs> the very first truth is the fear will never go away.
1: But then, like we said at the beginning, like fear is an essential emotion. Yeah. It's one of our most powerful emotions, but it is essential. We don't want our fear to go away. We just want to be able to deal with it. Yeah. And on those times where it might not necessarily be rational, we want to be able to relieve the symptoms of it so we don't feel anxious.
0: And what, So what it means is, if my understanding of that is correct, there's a very key part of that sentence, which is the fear will never go away as long as I continue to grow. Yeah. So you you actually could make the fear go away if you basically lived in a box and your biggest fear was the, the lid closing. And then the lid closes, you get used to the lid being closed and then you don't have to fear anything anymore. Like, But the if you continue to grow, so you'll have a fear of something like... For example, going into a shop to buy something because you feared speaking to the person at the counter, or, and you might think it's an irrational fear, but lots of people have this kind of fear of uh, interaction or getting it wrong or, you know, even walking into the shop. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then day one, you walk up to the shop, you touch the handle, you go home. Day two, you open the door, but then you go home. Day three, you actually walk into the shop you know, and so on and so on, and you end up making your way down towards the counter, and maybe after three weeks or something, you actually end up there with your uh, with your Rolos, asking <laughs> for, asking, you know, buying them, buying them over the counter. Taking that as an example, great example. Yeah, a agree. really good example.
1: <laughs> a lot of people are like... <laughs>
0: um, it's only taken three weeks to get those Rolos, um, but can you explain how that works then?
1: Yeah. So it's about those taking those little steps to expand your comfort zone so even though it might seem very little like literally one step you've taken a new risk so you you were bound to feel fear because it was something new yeah but once you've done that the idea is you, you're not going to feel so feel about, fearful about doing that anymore so now what's the next step and then you're going to feel the fear again because you're taking another little step exactly but you feel the fear the more you continue to grow so you keep taking those steps you'll feel the fear but then there's Doing that again will become less fearful. So then, what am I going to do next? And soon, you'll be doing loads of things because yes. you, you learn to to love the idea that you can go out and then not fear that anymore. And that's
0: and that's I, and I think that, that again that that's the excitement. That's yeah. where you can turn it from a <laughs> we're talking yeah, about fear definitely. to oh, okay, this is a powerful, empowering thing to learn. Because just to be very specific about this, you know, those steps I just talked about. On the day that you're three quarters of the way down the shop and you've got to the Rolos and picked them up, mm-hmm. so you know, you're in uh, the end of week two out of that three-week process, you've, you know, I pretty much guarantee you didn't even think about the touching the step, door yeah. handle you know, you, or maybe even opening the door. And that's, that's the key here is like that fear is just so far in your rearview mirror and yet at the time, on day one, that was the biggest fear. Yeah. Oh, my God, I've got to go and touch that door handle. Oh my god, I've got to go and walk up to there, I've got to open the door. So it's like, oh, okay. So but then but I did it. I handled it. I yeah. did handle it. Oh, so I can handle it. Yeah. And the idea being that you think, oh well, well maybe future things that I'm gonna um be worried about and fearful of, they're gonna be in my rear view mirror one day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And how nice for your mind to learn that every day you've changed something from a I can't handle it to an I can handle it yeah. surely that is training your brain in a really positive way yeah. if you've taken all those little steps and changed so many I can't handle touching that door because I can't handle the embarrassment that's going to happen or whatever it is that you're ultimately feeling. and then you've shown that oh actually I can handle that yeah. and if you keep doing that with little steps and literally tiny steps that's got to be really good for yourself
0: yeah I think so uh, so it's a really interesting way of looking at it and I think that basically you know, this is this is where I know I've, I keep harping on about this, but where this book really did change my life in lots of ways, because it, it was things like that. And we'll go, you know, we'll move on to the um, to the other truths. Um, so tell us what the second one is. We've got a couple of minutes left.
1: Okay. So it's kind of we kind of did um, talk about it a little bit then when we talked about the first truth. But the second truth is the only way to get rid of the fear of doing something is to go out and do it. So what's that? What that? ultimately saying is you can't avoid that thing that you're fearing mm. it well you can but you're gonna always probably fear it yeah literally the only way to get rid of those feelings of fear is to push yourself to do it and <clears throat> when people said this to me because i've got a very um strong fear of spiders and mum said you've just got to hold one them and then you'll get over it well there's no way i'm going to do that realistically <laughs> mm. so i'm a little bit skeptical yeah <laughs> but no it, it is it is right you're never going to learn you're never going to Teach yourself that you can handle it. If you don't try it, you just always going to feel that you can't handle it because you're yeah. not challenged. That
0: yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm I'm scared of spiders as well, so that <laughs> makes me feel pretty uncomfortable. But but I can see the the thing that came into my head around that is when you watch like I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Yeah. And you see people going in, and they say they're scared of, spy- scared of spiders, and you're like, Where, What are you doing? Yeah, what? Are you, no, you you're are not. crazy. You, good God. But you must be absolutely crazy to be to go into <laughs> this environment if you're scared of spiders. Yeah. But then you do see them, and the way they react, and actually, some of them come out and they do say, "Oh no, I'm, I'm still scared of them." But then others will say, "Like, um, yeah, you know, now the idea of seeing a little spider in the corner of your yeah. room, and they're not just it. like, whatever." Yeah. In fact, I was thinking this the other day, a bit random, but um for for whatever reason I live in quite an, I live in an old house um and there's there's quite a lot of woodlice in mm-hmm. my house, mm-hmm. like okay. rum okay. they don't bother me at all no. you know if I see a woodlouse walking across the lounge floor, I don't go and, and like I don't do anything, I just yeah. let it live and let live if there's a spider, <laughs> I'm like, ah yeah. you know like I've got to do something here yeah um and be kind of really brave to put it outside <laughs> or like you know it's just it's always a really kind of difficult thing for me to do so but yeah maybe holding one but even the idea <laughs> makes me feel uh, no yeah. not that can we talk about <coughs> a different fear like an easier fear you know you picked a good one because it's a it, it's a really truly relevant one that, yeah. that's kind of like oh okay that is something that maybe both of us could oh no I'm not making any promises no but, you let's know, not commit to anything try try to try to do but but
1: um, with yeah, with fear, truth too. Though I don't, I think it's just something that we already know. Like how many times when you're a kid, do people say you've got to face your fears, yeah. you've got to go and do yeah. it, and it's just, it's not new. Like we know that we have to do that, but when we're adults, and the fears that we perceive to be fears now are probably a bit more complex or seem bigger, more serious than what we feared as a child. Yeah. We don't think the same thing applies, but it literally does. Yeah, You've just does. got to go and face it. You've got to do
0: it. It's the underlying thing, isn't it? It's the thing behind the fear. It's that level two and then the, yeah. ultimately the level three kind of understanding of that. If you get an understanding of what's actually happening and why this is happening, then you can do something about it. But, um, we're, we're out of time. Um, I think what we'll do, with your permission, is we'll... we'll record another episode um, and we'll put it out straight the week following this, yeah. week, this one coming out um, and we can, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off and talk about the other fears uh, sorry, the other truths and then a couple of the other bits, I particularly like the comfort zone yeah, uh, model so we'll talk about that. Yeah. So um, thank you Helen for coming into the studio That's okay um, You guys out there, please, I've never said this before, subscribe, rate and review me on um, <laughs> iTunes Um, And you can also follow me on Twitter at Mental that's M-E-N-T-A-L-C-O-N-V-S. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And another episode of Mental Conversations will be winging its way to you soon. Thanks, Helen.